Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And today, I'm getting over a cold. No. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm just fighting past the thing in my nose that keeps tickling and taking Benadryl and things like that. But um, I should be fine. I should be fine. I'm going to be fine, John. I'm going to be just winter months. fine. Every time. Every time. Except for last year. I'm Trevor Kizan. I'm a super chub. I'm uh, here in, I don't know, it's gray Los Angeles Yeah, today. it's not that sunny. Um, and I am also getting over a cold. I got yeah. it from you. I think we got it just Monster. from like being around people. People. It was disgusting. People, <laughs> people walking around in Monterey, California. Semi-masked. Without, without their masks, even though there's a mask mandate, showing off their disgusting lower <laughs> how rude uh yeah it's not uh colds aren't great i actually like i didn't think it was covid but i got a covid test it was negative but it's still just like not it's not fun being like oh is this a cold or am i going to die maybe yeah. <laughs> uh my name is michael i'm a chaser and i'm also getting over a cold <laughs> actually it wasn't that bad though i think it might have just been work burnout and travel exhaustion like it really i could barely feel it and i don't know if that was just like the variety of different vaccines coursing through my veins or if it was a cold and i just barely felt it i didn't feel bad at all it was just like a tiny tickle of a sore throat and i kind of feel like that coupled with huge work exhaustion might have just like taken me down aren't you special <laughs> i didn't really get oh, yes. by michael yes that work exhaustion it's good stuff <laughs> let me tell you it really helps sort of take your mind off of the crippling illness <laughs> uh my name's don marshall i'm a big chubby guy living in i in my mind it is still sunny hollywood and good always for you. will be you non-sick motherfucker. <laughs> and today I am the healthy boy on the podcast. That's right. The older fat guy is fine. <laughs> and you're all, you and you're all sweatered. <laughs> yes, Don is wearing his Christmas sweater. The rest of us are. I am getting in full Christmas mode. They freak it. Freaking A, this year I'm going to find Christmas. I didn't find it last year. Yeah. This year I'm going to make it happen. I feel like, what, did Rudolph ditch you when he was looking for Santa Claus? <laughs> well, I finally made the commitment to stay in Los Angeles for Christmas. Uh, okay. And just having, like, just knowing where I'm going to be makes everything so much easier. I find mm. that's very true. Yeah. We, yeah. we we made a similar decision. Yeah. 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 I'm going to end up being in Nashville, but uh, yeah, that just means that we're trying to knock out as many episodes in advance that we can do in person because those are always so much more fun, but yeah, we, we, we actually have a show to get to today, yeah, believe it or not. Um, there, why is it every time we take a hiatus, like suddenly everything starts oh, happening? I love it. It is. <laughs> I love the, the hiatus. Like it's frustrating because it's like, oh, wow, this would be great to talk about in the moment. But also it just makes life easier yeah, for like, like planning episodes. <laughs> so let's dive on right into that. Yeah. It's a, th let's be honest. Uh, things are still just kind of not great overall in the world. So we wanted to give a. Give you a more fun, a lighter yeah. episode. And there's a lot of great stuff happening. Absolutely. Um, so the first thing we have is now I was kind of shocked by this. There's a apparently a production of Beauty and the Beast um, playing at the only center, uh, the only theater center in uh, Maryland, I think. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's not the only theater center. It's the Olney. 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 Yeah, that. That's what I was thinking. The yeah, only yeah. theater. That's so sad. No, I no, did it's not actually. That someone send Pennsylvania another theater center. <laughs> I read it as Olney, but I said it as only. Anyway, um, starring a, a really diverse cast, including. Um, a black plus size queer woman playing Belle. Yeah. Which is yes. fucking fantastic. And she looks so amazing and in the costume. she looks amazing. Yeah. I really wish I could hear like her. I can, you just tell looking at her like, oh my God, she's got a voice. Like I, I can't wait. Well, and the other thing that's really nice is who's playing the beast. Did you all check that out? Yes. Mm -hmm. So he refers to himself as a one-legged tap dancer because one of his legs is prosthetic. Mm -hmm. And so he is playing the character of the beast. And it just, it's just wonderful to see this on stage because it's, Wrapped in the context of Beauty and the Beast, it, it just works so perfectly. Well, you sent out a link to a video of him actually demonstrating his his tap dancing skills. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and, and he doesn't. Boy, he's got skills. He yeah, and I'm not saying he tap dances in Beauty and the Beast. I'm just saying that he, <laughs> he was known for his tap dancing, and then he uh -oh. had a, a very vicious. Hold form of on, if you can't. 
cast a one-legged tap dancer in your show, I don't care if it's freaking West Side Story. Yeah. You're changing the choreography to take advantage no, of that. No, he doesn't it. just tap dance. He doesn't just tap dance. Uh, he's actually a very accomplished dancer who got bone cancer, and they ended up having to amputate one of his legs below the knee. And uh, so, yeah, so he is still a dancer, which is fantastic. That's incredible. Um, we'll, we'll share the video. I So I watched it before, and then I was watching it again this morning. And I was kind of, it was disorienting noticing the show it was on, which is uh, Kelly and Pickler, which is a morning show. <laughs> and by the way, the show, don't go looking for it too hard. It was canceled like two or three years ago. Yeah. But it's so just, not related to whatever that other show is with the lady who's been doing it forever. And then it was Regis for a while. And then it yeah. was the other guy. Oh, Kelly Ripa. Ke yeah. Not that. No, it's not. No. But you know, different Kelly. When you well, I, I assumed it was just like at first glance, cause I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but it just Well, that's because in certain, in many conservative markets, the definition of a woman is a skinny blonde thing. Right. So, well, wait, well, yeah. but what else would she be? Exactly. If Fox News has taught us nothing, it's that all newscasters who are female must also be blonde. Yes. Yeah. Or drunk Judge Perino. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check it out. Uh, it, the, 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 the performances started November 5th. I don't know how long they go. Mm. Uh, if you're in the area, try to get some tickets. Hell, fly. January go, 2nd. Go right now. Yeah, January you 2nd. Until January 2nd, people. Time's running out. Time's yeah. running out. <laughs> so this Grab is the, your keys. Get them extended. And this is in the D.C. Baltimore area. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Go get tickets, support um, queer and diverse casting, which is awesome. Yes. Um, um, also check out the, uh, they had a social media campaign going with this, uh, hashtag I am beauty, uh, encouraging audiences to share what makes them feel beautiful, mm -hmm. yeah. which I just love. That's really the, nice. Very positive. Yes. Uh, happy start to the holiday season, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah, even though I think it's, it's going to be over by the time. Hanukkah is already launches, over. It will be, yeah. Um, but anyway, happy Hanukkah, belatedly, because we're just yeah. coming back. Keep those candles burning. Christmas, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, need it more, we need more candles now than ever. We need more Hanukkah more than ever. <laughs> um, you need to bring Hanukkah into your heart every day of the year, everyone. <laughs> 365 candles. candles. You thought you only had enough love for one day, but you have enough love to last eight. But eight do you have enough year. oil? Use it judiciously. <laughs> enough, enough love to be a fire hazard. Yes. <laughs> we only had one day's worth of oil, but it lasted a year. Um, um, all right. So next up. Yeah. Keeping uh, the theme of uh, musicals going. Yeah. So there is a an artist, a performer, singer, dancer named Kyle McIntyre, um, who is a plus size man. Yes. And I think a lot of our audience would recognize from uh, his commercial from a few years ago where he was a pole dancing construction worker. Yes. I remember when that came out mm -hmm. and there's an extended version. I bet you do. I mean, yes, it was, <laughs> it was my, it's a fantastic commercial. The whole commercial is like him on a high rise construction site doing a bunch of pole dancing because he's breaking free and feeling good. And then everybody around him, like in other buildings are just staring at him. Like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. And it's not like weird staring. It's like he's owning whatever it is that he's happy about that the commercial was yeah. about. Um, but he came out with a cover of 3090, um, which I hadn't heard before. So it's from Tick, Tick, Boom, which um, he is actually a dancer in. Oh, um, okay. If you pay attention during the bookshop scene in uh, Netflix's version of Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield, you will see him as one of the bookshop dancers. Oh. Um, hmm. And he released a cover of 3090 from that show. I feel and like if I could dance, I'd be a bookshop dancer. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> or a, or a, like a, I don't know, a, a calculus room dancer. Yeah. <laughs> Chalk talk all, dancer. All I knew is that for sure khakis are involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really cool. He's got a music video. I was kind of hoping there would be more dancing in it. Maybe yeah, that's I just was, me. I was kind of surprised. I mean, um, he's already singing. He's doing a wonderful he's job. He's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he has some costume changes. I like his, uh, the cow, the cowboy <laughs> outfit. Got some good. Uh, speaks to me. Outfits and attitudes. Um, um, and we're going to have a link to that on the uh, website, right? Yes. We'll have a link to it. Uh, um, yeah. Also go check give it him out. a follow online, which I will. Wasn't he also in, um, who, who's the guy who does all the uh, Chubb Bear music videos, famous chaser? Um, Tom Goss. Yeah. Wasn't he in a Tom Goss video also? like bear pool party or something like that. Maybe I think I feel like I remember seeing him from that. Anyway, there's um, a, yeah, but give Kyle a follow on Instagram. He is Kyle McChicken. <laughs> MC, not MAC. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Yes, but very much <laughs> worth checking out. Oh, wait, I have to do this thing now. You guys ready? Yeah. <gasps> do it. Yay. Oh, we are launched. We're fat watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming at you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> right into your face. Whoa. <laughs> I still want to add that eagle scream, like right here. Yeah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's Fat Watch. It's 2021. We're still, still going. Still. It's it's one of we're getting close to the end of Fat Watch 2021. What does 2022 hold? Hopefully, wonderful things. Hopefully. Uh, so th- this article, I feel like um, a lot of our listeners or just people in the fatosphere, it won't be new information for them. But I love that it is live strong. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um talking about this which if you're not familiar live strong is the website kind of spun off from the live strong organization and it is generally a lot of like health diet workout stuff mm-hmm. but they are talking about um weight bias being rooted in racism yes uh featuring the lovely tigress osborne of nefa mm-hmm. really just it it's i think a great way to present this concept to people in your life mm-hmm who are starting to open up to fat activism and they, if they have like no concept of like, okay, how does this intersect with racism and how having marginalized identities can compound and make things worse? I think this is a great way to do it, especially cause it's live strong, which people mm-hmm. are familiar with. Yeah. I, the thing that, so it starts off with the quote from an interview with Lizzo. Um, cause she came out with some new music over the summer and received just this huge backlash of hatred. Um, and, you know, she's she's an easy target because she is both black and plus size. And we should say it's, it's backlash because of her size, not because of her music. Right, Not mm. it's not, and that's, she says that. She's like, whatever happens to the song is God's will at this point because everybody is just coming for me. Um, and I don't feel like I have any control over this, but that, that just sort of speaks to why this is Fat Watch now and not just Lizzo mm. Watch as much as we love Lizzo. But the really interesting point for me was they sort of they elaborate on the history of the issue and like i've always kind of wondered this like where where like what can you point to that actually like how do you actually connect the dots when you go back and look at how for instance our society western society values thinness as much as it does now when you hear like oh well that wasn't always the case and they talk about is summarizing a little bit uh looking back at like western history um, back in the 18th century with the growth of slave trade, and this is like colonialism with, um, with Britain, uh, by the middle of the 18th century, a lot of French philosophers in particular were arguing that, you know what, when we're in the colonies, we're noticing that Africans are sensuous. They love sex, they love food, and for this reason, they tend to be too fat. And yet, as Europeans, we have to have rational self-control. This is what makes us the premier race in the world, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that was... It I breaks I didn't down the know history that. really well. It's yeah, this is one of the things that I've gone into in the past in some of the uh part of my background is in like minority theater work. Mm-hmm. And sort of like exploring these issues has been a big thing in some of the things I've worked in the past. Just the connection to whether being super pale or tanned is currently in fashion is dependent on how many people are working in fields, relationship to slave labor and all that kind of stuff. It's fascinating. <laughs> Uh, just the the beauty industry and the industry of your body and how it's weaponized against a lot of minorities. It's this is the tip of the iceberg, but I love this article. Mm-hmm. And it's it's incredible. Like you can see, I think what what helps me with when you sort of look back at historical events and moments is when you can actually identify the human thinking, where it's not just a whole bunch of concepts and you know in depth explanation. But it's like, oh, this is where racism led to this point of thought, which was very clear. It's like, oh, these people are like this and I'm racist. Well, I don't want to be like those people. Therefore, this is what's important in our society. And you're like, I can I can see exactly how that would happen. And it was informative to just see those links being connected. So, yeah. Yeah. Worth checking out for sure. So we've been away for quite a while. I mean, we gave you the little interludes, but we've we've been away. We've been, we've been, we haven't been in real time. We've been you. gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all, <laughs> most of us were, haven't been in the state. <laughs> yeah, we, we all uh, traveled for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. which is just a uh, kind of strange insanity. Um, Absolute insanity. And I think we all have some tales from the road that we want to yeah. share. We have some, some campfire stories yeah. to talk about. Uh, so let's get your cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to give you a little whipped cream for the. Yes. More. And a. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Trevor's usually very particular about the number and size of his marshmallows. In um, his cocoa. Some sh- maybe cocoa shavings. 
Nice. That's fancy. Uh, and a little one of those tweel cookie things. Ooh, cinnamon stick for me, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, Dan and I drove up to Monterey and uh, our car that we are getting desperate to replace because it's uh, it's cozy. Oh, <laughs> no. Snuggled up together in the front seat. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's it's cozy. And then you close the door on Trevor's side. And it's yeah. really cozy. Um, uh, but yeah, we uh, we I was concerned about like the unexpected nature of the uh, the bathroom. So one of the things that I try to do to look out for my boy is <laughs> the bathroom. The bathroom is, it's not like you're going to spend all your time there, but the time you do spend in there is important. Mm-hmm. So when booking a room, it's always that thing where like, do I need to book the accessible room? And if so, what do they mean accessible? Mm-hmm. Because it's it tends to vary tremendously. And this would all be solved if I could just look at the bathroom. Like if they, if I could see the, but they never have pictures of the bathroom. They usually have one standard picture of the room and then they alter the description beneath the picture. Yeah. And you have to Dr- kind of like intuit, like, okay, if I get this room, is that what the picture is? Does that look yeah. like a king size suite or is this different? Well, and if there is a picture of the bathroom, it is of the vanity mm-hmm. and mirror. So yeah. like you can just kind of show see you the shower. It's basically designed to show you their bath products. And right. like, yes. I, I so don't care about that. I'm going to bring my own anyway. So when we pulled up to the hotel, it was Monday night before Thanksgiving. And we thought Monday would be less crazy. It was like, Insane. there wasn't mm. space for us to pull up to the valet. We oh, waited no. in the street to be able to pull into the parking. Yeah. Whoa. It was like the, I guess Monday night was their busiest night and they were at 99% capacity. Mm. So like that was a whole thing. I mean, it was fine. We were like, and, and I, I think I need to say ahead of time, the, the complaint we had with this hotel was purely architectural, not even the design yes. because they'd remodeled it. They remodeled it beautifully, which we'll talk about later. And the service, I have never received better service in a hotel. They were the, just okay. so on top there of everything. Was, mm-hmm. So the, the, was he the manager? He had to be. No, no, he was the general manager the, of the property. The general manager of the Marriott Monterey. Okay. Was not, this is not sponsored. <laughs> we have named the beast <laughs> yes. now. Named Stefan. <laughs> we never saw him stop working. Oh my God. Nice. He was directing traffic at valet. He was serving plates at breakfast. He was oh, behind wow. the Bussing desk at breakfast. He was at behind the desk. He was probably skimming the pool at some point. <laughs> <laughs> he is the workingest man in hospitality. I tell you. Wow. And so I think, I think he is just taking responsibility for every aspect of that hotel. And one of the things he cannot control is the architecture. The architecture. Yeah. And Which, this, and this goes to like the design of the toilet and like, yeah. Da, 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 so, da. so we got there Monday night. It was 99% capacity. They were very gracious. And like, we have you booked in this room. We realize now that you booked an accessible room. This is an accessible stay here tonight. If it works, stay there. If not, we'll get you in an accessible room tomorrow. Okay. And they were very good about understanding now what, you know, what do you need? Yeah. This is what this accessible room has. Mm-hmm. What, you know, da, da, da. cause, every, cause the, how they vary is, is it just, cause all we really need is a handheld shower. That's all we need. Right. And you know, it would be nice if it's, if he doesn't have to, um, deal with a shower curtain in a bathtub. That's always awkward for, mm-hmm. for you, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but really all we need need is a toilet with a lot of room around it and a handheld shower. Mm-hmm. And is that an accessible room? Well, it depends on the building. Yes. Right. And right. a picture would solve this instantly, but you know, you don't get that. So our, our first room was the head kind of like the outside bath vanity that was outside of the bathroom. And then like tiny bathroom where the toilet, when I sat down on it, like the toilet paper was like right here, oh. like right in it was, the center it, of my torso, so which it was, was like a, convenient. It was a lovely lounge area, but yeah, you go to the toilet and his the toilet paper is in his chest. Yes. Oh, what a strange. That's so weird. What? It it was even like it was even in my I way, but better I could than deal like with it. behind the toilet. Well, I like think that's what that they were trying to avoid. Okay, there was no good place for it, so they put it there. Well, I guess, yeah, that's it's, better. I mean, it's right here. It could be like an otter holding my toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like a walk-in shower, which. That would have, I think, been perfect with a handheld shower. If it had a handheld device, that would have been perfect. Uh, but it was it, the rainforest shower head mounted oh, high with above. like barely any flow to it. Yeah. And yeah. you're like getting misted. Well, and it's California. So most of the hotels have restricted water pressure. Um, I, you know, I can, as I have, uh, and I can like get my, you know, foot up on the wall. It's very limber. <laughs> I'm very limber. I'm always nervous that like if I fall doing that, what's going to happen? 
I mean, we've all seen the However Chubby photos that he's been posting yes. on Instagram. <laughs> Check those out at However Chubby. You can see how limber I am. Um, but really, like the whole, like, I don't want to be a little otter holding my toilet paper every time I go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Especially, I missed my bidet on this trip. Yeah, yeah, bidet, bidet, bidet. You get used to it. It's luxury. Bidet for days. Um, it shouldn't be, but it is. Anyway, flash forward to the next day. We get a... Uh, we see the accessible room. It's much better for, you know, I don't have to clutch the <laughs> the toilet paper. But, to one the, but one of the rules about accessible rooms is you got to give up something. And what you give up is storage. Yes. Because oh. all, they take away all the counter space because they're thinking wheelchair and counters can get in the way of that. Right. So you've got acres of space around the toilet. You've got rails everywhere, mm-hmm. but, but you have no place to put any of your stuff. But the rails, so... Oh, that's I did. So, okay. So the, the shower, it was a tub. It had rails. It had a fold down shower bench okay. that was, I don't know if it was broken or just not properly assembled at one point when I put my foot on it, like all the planks flew up. Oh, um, it's a picture. If you had a shelf and only one side of the shelf was secured. So you oh, put something right. on it and the other it side slides like seesaw no. upwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the <a> trap, <laughs> the railings weren't at the right, height which i think it was for if you are a wheelchair user the you know the wand i had the shower wand but the water pressure wasn't enough because they had dampeners on it Mm. uh and there it's also a bathtub which i think other big boys will uh feel for me when it was getting really slippery uh, and it's like, and the rails aren't at the right height. So I'm like having to like cl- reach down to like, and, and your trip is to- pretty short. So for the rails to be too low for him, they're low. One thing I experienced this trip that I've never seen before are the sucker rails. Oh yeah. They're not actually attached. They're just, they have oh. little suckers oh, on what? them. They don't stick. <laughs> they don't yeah. stick, which, which by the way, you can use, you can use them for home use. They're available commercially, which is probably how they made an ADA bathroom. Because they have to have railings, but mm-hmm. it's not. So it's solution. not bolted into the wall. No, it's, it's like literally just thing. vacuum sucked. It's, it's not That's even a terrible. Lot. It's not even caulked the, into the wall. It's yeah, just suction cup to the wall. Um, I mean, um, to their credit, the design was as far as they could design. Because again, some things is just architectural. Yeah. But for example, uh, if you've ever seen uh, walk-in showers where it's a half pane of glass. Yeah. And the problem is that half pane of glass is in front of the fra- shower controls and the shower head. So you actually, there's no way to turn it on without getting a blast get of cold water. the shower, yeah. No, this place actually had, this is in our first room, yeah. not the AD room. It actually had a small circular hole cut in the glass <laughs> so you could put your hand in and <laughs> manipulate That's the really controls funny. and not get soaked. That's Smart. It's smart, it's smart yeah. right? So there's like they did a lot right. All the chairs in the lobby, completely fat boy friendly. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. nothing. I feel like but- Marriott generally is a pretty safe bet. We were shocked. I mean, yeah, there were a few you know high chairs in the dining room. Those those perchable seats oh, that yeah. you and I've talked yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, but everything else with the massively comfortable, wide, plush seating mm-hmm. or couches. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you really couldn't go wrong there. So they did a lot right. Yeah. So was there anything else besides the? Uh, bathroom situation was there anything else notable about the like did you have a were there any like i don't know like food-based shenanigans with the family or i was i always wonder whether my family is going to have a reaction to trevor or like that he's bigger or or not bigger or whatever like never like no it's very wow dan's family is so great on every level (laughs) to the point to where it's like and like even the engagement it's such a high level of engagement of just like really being focused and interested and caring, which is still like exhausted. It is, it is it's exhausting. <laughs> they're all extroverts. Probably. Yeah. Well, well, no, they just, they're really, they passionately love and each caring. other and we're interested in each other and therefore we're interested in each other's partners. Mm. And so, yeah, Trevor had to, uh, had to answer the question, what are you up to? Like 37 mm-hmm. times. Oh my God. And then also, <laughs> so sweet. I don't think we've gotten into this on the podcast, but like, Dan and I adopted a oh. dog. We had, had a trial adoption. It wasn't a good match. It was slightly traumatic for Trevor. Yes. Very, very, tra- I will say very traumatic <laughs> <Okay>. for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that until I, like, I wrote about it. And then I'm like, oh no, this is actually like deeply, I'm deeply changed from this. And not a um, but they all had heard about this. So everyone's like, do you have the dog still? What happened? I heard you guys got a dog. It's like, okay, now here, 
I got good at like the very short version of that by the end, but it's like literally every, every family member was very interested and engaged in hearing about that. No, Dan's family. So great. So, and like, uh, Dan has a cousin who has a seven year old daughter Mm. and they are realizing like toxic body stuff is already starting to affect her Mm -hmm. and like trying to combat that. And like, and like Actively whenever we're working to like try to stop this from getting too ingrained at her. Like in her seven year old age. peer group, nice. the girls are already commenting on each other's bodies. Oh my God. But it does, it does happen that early. I mean, Tina Fey in her book wrote about her daughter who I think was like four and who she was like, Tina Fey has this whole thing about blonde hair, like mm-hmm. how blondes are sort of like worshiped in Western culture and it's toxic. And her daughter specifically didn't want the Snow White princess doll because she didn't she could she had she had ugly hair uh-huh. and she wanted the cinderella gotcha. and just in the same just to, to the point of like it starts really young mm-hmm. well before you would ever think it would but that's and then we're awesome surprised when scientists in their 30s and 40s have anti-fat bias mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly well, that's awesome that they're aware of that and they're like yeah. trying to that's cool i i had a similar i had a similar just thematic experience with a seven-year-old over the break. Mm. Um, so I, I've got a goddaughter. She's seven. <laughs> um, and uh, I spent a little time visiting her. And it's interesting. She's she's finally at this age where she's starting to express ideas a little more eloquently and a little bit more uh, <laughs> observantly, right? Um, and I've discovered this time around that I think tact is still not part of the equation, but starting to get there, you know, the way children can be very straightforward. Mm -hmm. So I was visiting her and she turns around and, uh, she insisted I go with her into the bathroom while, while she's brushing her teeth. Um, and then her, you know, she's getting ready for bed. Her mom walks in and she's like, okay, so, uh, you know, you, you should pee before bed. So don't, you know, you could, and she goes, no, don't stay. Like, Whoa. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. So I'm sitting next to a small child while she pees. Um, uh, I'm sitting on the, the bathtub edge. She looks at me and while she's peeing, this small child goes, you really are a lot bigger than I thought you were. Oh, uh, <laughs> huh. okay. What, yeah, what an interesting thought to have while peeing in front of you. Yeah, uh, but here's the thing, like, you know, all of the context in our heads, right? It says like, this is supposed to be a, one of those awkward, like awful child comments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, like, you know, she's saying something terrible, but it was just so sort of like, oh, you know, you're bigger than I thought you were. It, it was just such a non-judgmental statement yeah, yeah. that I was kind of shocked by that. Like, hmm. and I think one know. of the problems in our society is that a child will make a, a literally an innocent comment like that. Yeah. And sometimes it's not so subtle. Sometimes it's like, wow, you're really fat, which yeah. is an accurate statement. And the parents whisk the child away or Mm -hmm. tell the child like, oh my God, you must never say that. That is the worst thing you can say to someone. Oh my God, what have you done? And they apologize profusely, which is, I mean, on the one hand, nice that they feel bad, but it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's it's a two-edged sword. Like, what do you, what do you want to, and a lot of fat people are in both camps. But for me, the the other thing that this confirmed is like, this is not something she's discussed behind my back with her Mm -hmm. mom. No. Right. It's not something that she would, you know, was thinking about it would live lived in her head. This was just an observation she made in the moment of, Oh, I hadn't really thought about this. You are this. It's sort of like uh, earlier in this fake, this break, I was standing in a room surrounded by mirrors with a friend of mine that I've known since the mid nineties. He turns, he looks at me in the mirror. He looks at me and he goes, you're a lot taller than I ever realized. Right. <laughs> and again, it's that's if he had said fat, if he'd commented on the width of my body, I might have reacted a different way than if he commented on the height of my body. And that's weird. Like uh, uh, for well, that's me, where that stigma, mm-hmm. like, yeah. like Dan was saying, like if you stigmatize the word, it doesn't even have to be meant in a mean context. If you make the word a stigma, then people assume that it's an insult or a judgment. Yeah. Well, and what we do is we make the word literally unspeakable. So I think, so one of the things I want to talk about is like, you're going to be, it's the holidays. You're going to be around kids and kids say this stuff. When, when someone says this to you, right, take your own, take your own context out of it, take your own Mm -hmm. baggage out of it and think about it really the way the kid is presenting it in that moment. You may be surprised how many of them are actually not like coming at you with verbal daggers the way I sort of assumed life would be. 
Mm -hmm. Well, and it's tough because on the one hand, a lot of fat activists, myself included, would like to see fat just a normal description, like yellow or tall or rectangular. So if a child does that, are you going to punish them for it? Yeah, I I feel like it's the same thing of, I remember, maybe Julia told me about this because she works in um, child education. But basically, it's the idea that like, if a kid like skins their knee when they're very young, like yeah. gets stubs yeah. or toe mm-hmm. or something. Like if you as the parent have this over the top reaction of like, oh my God, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like we need it, to put something on there right away. Yeah. It's sort of, it's panics up the yeah. experience. teaches that when this happens, you panic. Right. right. And makes it feel that much more sort yeah. of dangerous or traumatic than it actually is. As and opposed similarly, to the, oh, you fell down. Did that hurt? Yeah. All like, right. okay, get let's get up. a bandaid on you. Yeah. You'll be fine. You know, yeah. whatever. And I mean, obviously like as a parent, you're want to worry about your kid no matter what's happening, but mm-hmm. it just feels similar in that if we don't treat something like such a big deal, it just won't be a big deal. When I, I think a way like, I don't know, to listeners we have who are parents who might not be fat or, you know, whatever, uh, a way, or I think even if you're just a fat person and you know, your niece or nephew says something like, wow, you're really big or, you know, you're really fat. And we like, you can, I think a way to handle that is to say like, yes, people come in a lot of different sizes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think a kid will just be like, I think uh, that's pretty much how that. I responded <laughs> too. Yeah. And it, again, that nod and then commenting okay. about something else about my appearance, you know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this is life now. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to throw out a quick PSA after my experiences over the break. Those of you who are friends with me on Facebook may have heard of my travel stories um, they were sort of epic this time around. <laughs> so, uh, my, my, based on my experiences allow for a shitload of extra time traveling this year. If you're flying, uh, basically the personnel shortages are hitting really hard. Oh yeah. So I was flying out of Vegas at six 15 in the morning. So I got to the, the airport at 4 AM on a yes. Sunday. Yeah. Right. Uh, I left two hours, 15 minutes, took me two hours to get to the check-in desk. Wow. Right. Just like in line, by the way, standing in line, was this two? was this Sunday morning after Thanksgiving, uh, before. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, it was, uh, two hours online and then my poor ass had to run across the airport to mm. the, to, to the gate terminal, the entry of the TSA, at which point I find the line to get to TSA literally stretches the entire length of the airport oh my God. and then doubles back. <laughs> oh, oh my God. God. And this is a right. week before Thanksgiving. A week how before you, Thanksgiving. Like, how did you survive I that? lucked That's insane. out. Okay, so there is a tempor- There is a service right now. There is a new business called Clear. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Um, I signed up for the two-week free period mm-hmm. and then canceled it right the fuck away. It's uh, but I would have missed my kind flight of. if I hadn't ta- done, done that. And that flight that was sold out was two thirds full when we took off. Because oh, people just people get couldn't in. get to the to the flights. Jeez. Meaning it's not overbooking; it's yeah. literally oh, wow. understaffed. They're stuck in security. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then there must have been a repeat coming from on the next leg of my trip. My flight was delayed seven hours. Ooh. Um, over the course of the day, yeah, it was six fifteen, and then I left at like two o'clock in the morning or something. Um, and just again, personnel delays. Flight Oof. crew issues. I also tore my pants and spent eight to oh. eight hours wandering Ugh. the West Coast with my ass hanging out. Um, finally got home. Free advertising. Saw, <laughs> got home, saw the tear, tore from belt loop to knee. So oh, wow. Oh, there man. was a majestic view. And to those two <laughs> Japanese tourists that were standing behind me when I bent over to get my luggage, you're welcome. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, so uh, this season... Understand, like, you know, there's there's another variant going around. There are already staffing shortages mm. all over the place. Plan extra time. You will need it. Yeah. I, I would also make a plug here for Clear and for uh, TSA, TSA pre- PreCheck. TSA mm-hmm. PreCheck, which is sort of the the easier version. Okay. Here's the thing. Yeah. I, I do TSA PreCheck. The first thing they do if they have a staffing shortage is shut down TSA PreCheck. That's true. Mm. But so, not Clear? Not clear. Is that because it's running? It's run out of a different. Clear doesn't use the TSA, TSA personnel. personnel. Got it. They have their own well, people, and they also when you use when you use Clear, you're not going through the TSA pre-check section. You get to jump the normal line and then get filtered back in at the front of the normal line. Yeah. They they literally dump you into the handicap line. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah I did that once also uh, traveling to Boston a few uh, like I don't know two months ago. I mean, if if you can afford 180 bucks a year, great, but. Uh, it's not, and you do get a free trial, so you can basically get there and back again. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Yeah, I have some travel coming up, and I'm hoping that it doesn't <laughs> doesn't go that way. Pack duct tape in your carry-on. That's all I have to say <laughs> okay. about it. I do I actually I can't tell you how annoying tape. it is to check all of your clothing, <laughs> oh. and then just as it's going around the corner, hear a rip from behind you. No. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a, a largely good Thanksgiving, I would say. Um the only real downside was that because of travel and expenses and other things, Michael couldn't make it. So I went to stay with my family up in Seattle um, and we wanted to do this last year and we didn't because COVID. So it was really great to be able to do that again this year, but it was sort of a reminder of, I think I talked about this in the 4th of July episode, but it's sort of a reminder of how, uh, what's the word? I'm, I'm starting to really understand the difference between introvert and extrovert <laughs> because I am the only introvert in my family. Maybe my mom is a little bit, I can't quite tell, but, but definitely both of my sisters are extroverted where the more time we spend together, the more energized they are. And it's like this sort of whirlwind <laughs> of like, yes, 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 yes. Oh, there's so much time. <laughs> Which is great because we're all excited to see each other and I'm definitely excited to see them and everything. But it was like the first day I got there, flew in, uh, settled for you know the afternoon. And then we went, went out to a soccer game that evening. It was really fun. And by the end of it, like we're all hoarse from shouting and cheering and exhausted and I go to sleep and I'm, you know, zonked out because I had been up at like four in the morning to travel. And then the next morning, everyone's like, oh, we're going to go rock climbing. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you guys go have fun with that. And so anyway, the whole trip was really nice. But the way that they live in Seattle is they're sort of up on this hill in their house. And then they walk down the set of stairs to get to the light rail to go into the city and use public transit. That's fine, except the staircase is about 180 stairs. Mm. It is massive. It's like climbing up, I would say, I don't know. Like eight, a Malibu cliff stories. Yeah. yeah. like Oh, Jesus. It's oh my very, it's, it's substantial. With no landings. With no landings. <laughs> and guess what? If you want to get back home, you're going right back up the stairs. You need like an angel's flight trolley to get up there. Yeah. Or just, you know, take a lift. And so my experience of the trip was like, it was great hanging out with my family, but it was also the whole time I was thinking, what, how would I be doing this if Michael were here? Like, certainly we wouldn't be doing all of this like stare nonsense. Like I'm barely getting through the stare nonsense and that's just not, it's a non-starter. And Seattle itself is also a very hilly city. Mm -hmm. We walked, I think on the last day I was there, the, the travel day we were, sort of, I was flying the evening and we went and did a whole bunch of activities in town. And I probably went up and down well over 600 stairs, 600, 800 stairs. San Francisco like, can yeah. be the same way. It's, yeah. it's huge. And so it was fine because I'm an able-bodied person and I can keep up. But like the whole time I'm thinking like, what would this trip have been like if Michael had been here and we had both wanted to participate? Well, do you think things would have changed if he had been? Yeah. I mean, obviously you would have made sure, but like, I don't, the family wouldn't have made a snit about it, would they? No, I don't think so. I just, it's that, it's that like. The difference. Nav- it's the, yeah, like navigating like, okay, in my head, I'm going through the exercise of how would I have handled this differently? Or like, what would have happened? Like, would he have, for instance, not joined us for certain things? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, because he's also an introvert and I think would have appreciated the time apart. Well, well, the sense I get from your family too, as opposed to mine, which we've talked about, is that my family is very much conversationally focused. Whereas I get the sense from your family, it's all about we, what is our activity of the moment? What are we going to go do, go do, go do? There's a mix, but it's mostly, I would say mostly that, um, which gets exhausting for me on a couple levels. Cause I really enjoy it. Like I, I genuinely enjoy doing these things, but I always hit kind of a, a wall after like a couple hours. Usually mm-hmm. I just sort of, I'm like, okay, my social meter is done. I need to be alone for a while. Like I need to kind of check out. And so that was part of it, but it was also like the thing I was bracing for, the main thing I was bracing for was all of the kind of microaggressions of, Oh, well, if we're going to earn Thanksgiving dinner, we got to make sure to walk up these stairs. And there was a lot of stuff. Did that happen? Oh, it did. It did. And it didn't. So I, Hmm. and I I don't know a hundred percent what the difference was because I, I was expecting more of that. And there was a lot less of it than there would have been a couple years ago. So I was sort of bracing for impact and there was a little bit, I think it might've been that Trevor, I think you shared from the podcast page. Um, and I saw somebody else share a couple uh, things on Instagram of like, Hey, here's just some helpful tips about how to handle, you know, not accidentally being sort of fat phobic and, um, a dick. Yeah. A dick about food and 
things like that. Mm-hmm. And I shared a couple of things like that. I'm not sure if they saw them. They never mentioned it. There was less of it, but there was still definitely like, oh my God, like I want to have some pie when we get home. So we got to do the stairs. We can't take, you know, it was <sighs> like, and I'm sitting there like, guys, really, can't we just enjoy the pie? Like, and I, I had this locked and loaded. I, there was a point where if anyone was going to say anything to me, I was going to be like, you know, it was like, oh, like, aren't you going to like, what do you want for dinner? I was like, yeah, I'll just have some pie. And then it was like, oh, well, uh, like Max was like doing push ups the morning after Thanksgiving. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't hate myself that much. Like, <laughs> I, I, and I like, I love them. I love them all. Like they're, but it's just that sort of thing of like, I, we, why do we have to make this bad? Like, why can't we just enjoy a meal? It is, it is a very, about, yeah, it is yeah. part of, there's a part of a few sects of Protestantism where you have to earn pleasure. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting. The dichotomy between my parents was always like that. My dad would never say something like, gotta burn something off. If it's all oh, the food is all about pleasure and pleasure is you know, a beautiful thing. My mom uh, is the flip side of that of like, you know, those people invited me for Thanksgiving dinner, but I wouldn't go because, you know, the calories. Oh. <laughs> oh well, and she I had like bread and water for Thanksgiving. She's insane. Well, and I come from it. an old world Italian family. So it absolutely it's food focused. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't earn the food. You, you have to earn the, the right to get the it. Point. No, you have to earn the white right to move away from the food. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And don't get me wrong. Like we, it's this weird dichotomy because my family loves food. We have this very great tradition of making all kinds of delicious I foods. I have sampled some of your family's mm. food. Yeah, like Holy it's crap. a very food forward, like cooking and exploration like, and creativity. Both it's your all. sisters are killer bakers. Jesus. Yeah, they, they're both fantastic. And so it's, but it's, it's sort of both at the same time. Like you kind of have to take the good and the bad. And I was expecting more bad than there actually was. Mm. So that was nice, but there's still a little bit of it. And it was definitely like, you know, it was a day after Thanksgiving. I just remember so clearly after walking like up and down probably 15, 20 flights of stairs at the end of the day and I'm just hungry and I just want a snack before I get on the plane. And I just want a piece of pie. And then people are talking about, Oh, well we've earned it though, because we went up all those stairs. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. what if we, I, you know, because like, oh my what, God, if what, Mike, if you, what if you hadn't earned it? Yeah. Well, what if Michael and I had been taking lifts all day and then we all got home and it's like, Oh, well you guys didn't like, I know they would never say that, but that's the implication is like, because you didn't do the stairs with us, you wouldn't have earned it. I normally, I would say it is the whole, like when you really look at calories burned versus consumed and like this is like pumpkin pie and everything like I but I would say actually from the the sounds of it you probably actually did burn enough <laughs> to where, like, where it's like you could have pie and still be at like a net loss of calories it was pretty insane I mean uh, if I if I had not been playing soccer for the last few months I would have been like wiped the fuck out anyway I, I mean, I still had a really good time, but I also, I got home earlier than my, my sister and her husband who I live with. Um, and so I got like three days to myself and that was my real holiday. <laughs> that was amazing. I had such a good time. I didn't have to see anybody. Dance in your underwear into a spatula. Yes, learned a I long did. time ago when you get back from any sort of family trip, always schedule a day or two with no family. Yes. <laughs> it was so nice. Do we have a, a tip? We do. Uh, Giving Tuesday was last Tuesday, but I think we can all keep on giving a little. Keep on loving, sharing. Maybe you have going. Maybe you have a fat phobic relative that you uh, (laughs) don't know what to give. Consider donating to NAFA. In Uh, their name. name. (laughs) Um, NAFA for this year for Giving Tuesday. Um, Unfortunately, longtime NAFA member Dr. Paul Ernsberger. Oh, passed yeah. away in May hmm. and they have, they started a scholarship in his name. Uh, the Dr. Paul Ernsberger research scholarship fund, uh, basically for future fat, positive medical professionals, researchers, what have you. Nice. Uh, consider donating. They were setting a goal for, uh, $10,000. I don't think they've hit it as of yet. We can help them out. Yeah. And this episode will drop. We're recording pretty close to launch date. So you should still, you should tell yeah, they've extended, they've extended it mm-hmm. um, just cause they really want to hit that goal to kind of give as many, I don't know how the, the scholarship is being divided up exactly if it's multiple or one or whatever, but consider donating nafa.org. Yeah. Uh, you should know by now, but it'll also be on our website. Of course. Um, always. I think, I think always we have a bit, we have a bit, right? We do have a bit. Ooh. Yes. Seeing as how we're moving into the holiday season. Um, Santa Claus is, of course, the symbol of the holiday season. However, there are a couple countries that give Santa Claus the day off. So here are a couple other traditions from around the world for the Christmas season. 
Okay. Dan, I'm looking at you for this first one. Okay. Okay. In Italy. Ah, yes. Santa Claus isn't who kids are waiting for by the chimney. It's an ugly but kind witch named Bafana. (laughs) Just like Santa, she sneaks into people's houses and leaves presents of toys, clothes, and candy to good boys and girls. Bafana has a different appetites than Santa, though. What food do Italian families leave out for Bafana? One, cannoli and a glass of wine. Two, broccoli with spiced sausage and a glass of wine. Three, kale and white bean soup and a glass of wine. Or four, a glass of wine and a glass of wine. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to bet a glass of wine. And a glass of wine. Okay. <laughs> I, I love Bufana. I don't, I, this is the first time hearing of her. I uh, hope I'm pronouncing it right. I have just lo- yeeted Santa from my head. He's gone. <laughs> Get out of Bufana here. Now. I want to be dressed up as Bufana for uh, Christmas. <laughs> break into people's houses and drink their wine. <laughs> um, I am, I'm also, I think probably wine and wine. Wine and wine? Well. Yeah, I was thinking that. And then <laughs> Dan fisting. said it in that. I feel like we, we either sink or swim on this one. All Don't right. Are we sinking and swimming? The correct answer is broccoli with spiced sausage and a glass of yeah, wine. Yeah, that was my second guess. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Why? Just- I, that, the article I read did not say why, but that is oh. the traditional thing left out. From Italy, we travel to Spain. España. In Spain, Christmas wouldn't be complete without a traditional figurine known as el cagane or cagane. While it is not clear where it started, legend had it that the farmers would receive uh, that farmers would receive a bad harvest if they didn't include El Cagane in their nativity scene. Who is El Cagane? One, a drunk Catholic monk vomiting. <laughs> oh boy. Two, a conquistador with his pants down taking a dump. What? Oh. Three. A noble lady or nun hiking up her skirts and peeing on a small dog. Oh, what? Or four, a head of cabbage impaled on a crucifix. It is the poop guy. I, <laughs> I remember my friend telling me about this. It is the poop guy. Okay. The I, conquistador I'll, taking a dump. I'll go with Trevor on this one, I guess. All right. Uh, dare, yeah, you, I, dare you go on your own? No, Dan? I spent way too many years with Trevor to know that he to, he's right. Unless I, I'm like mixing up two things. I'm almost. How could you mix that up with guy. anything else? That's so specific. Trevor knows his shit. All right. We are going with a conquistador. that we're saying that Kagane is a conquistador with his pants down, taking a dump. And in fact, that is true. Oh my gosh. Well why? done. Although it, that, like I said, the, the origins is unknown. It just sort of manifested out in in the farming lands of there, Spain. Well, there is a thing with Italy and Spain. There, there's a huge dump-taking ritual thing. It's, it, it's, it's a big deal. Taking a crap in. Um, yeah. Well, and to top it all off, it has actually evolved over time. It no longer has to be a conquistador. Apparently, yeah. a few years ago, one of the biggest sellers for the year was a Obama Kagane. <laughs> Um, it's, it's it, over there and much like my husband, you know, crap jokes are terribly, terribly funny. Not crap jokes. I am fart jokes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> From Spain, we travel north to scenic Iceland. In Iceland, we get the story of the Yule cat, a giant kitty that would wander the streets and devour people that had not received a certain type of gift. Yes, I, I am familiar with this cat. <laughs> Which of the following gifts would have kept you safe from the Yule cat? Oh, dear. One, a squash or other root vegetable that looks like breasts or genitalia. Two, herring that was buried in lye for at least a year. Jesus. Yeah, that sounds very Three, Scandinavian. Yeah. A hair, tooth, or bone fragment from an enemy, or four, new socks. Uh, the the buried fish. I'm gonna say going with buried fish. Buried fish sounds very likely given the reason uh, region. Um, although I do very much, I, I feel very tempted by new socks. I was new <laughs> socks was the one that, but I don't know. It's Michael. also weird. <laughs> you going on your own, Michael? We got two for I'll herring. Go socks. Yeah. Okay. We got two for herring. We got one for socks. The correct answer is, in fact, new socks. Oh, excellent. The uh, gambit the pays Yule off. cat was supposedly uh, sent, would prowl the streets looking for anyone who hadn't received new clothes for Christmas. Um, oh. And 
supposedly this tradition came from like part of like the major part of their economy back in the day was wool. Mm. So if you hadn't harvested enough wool to make clothes and you wouldn't survive the winter. So and the cat made sure that's grim. Yeah. Yeah. How big is the Yule cat? As big as you can imagine him. Oh my God. (laughs) 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 Meow. Motherfucker. (laughs) Meow. All right. Uh, Last but not least, we will travel to the Americas where even in the Americas, we have traditions every year on December 23rd, the Mexican state of Oaxaca, hosts the most impressive carved vegetable display in the world. Hmm. What fruits or vegetables are used and what do they portray? One, night of the radishes. Ornately carved radishes are used to create massive dioramas and ornate pictures retelling the nativity scene and major events of Mexican folklore. Two, the International Squash Peast Festival. Top food artists from around the world gather each year to collaborate on an enormous edible sculpture made entirely out of squash, food dye, and gelatin. Three, sweet nun things. Mm. Portions of the convent of Quilipan, an ancient convent, are emptied of all furniture and decorations and filled with life-size nativities made entirely of spun sugar, flowers, fruits, and vegetables. Um, I should probably point out I made up all these names. These are not the actual names of the festivals. Or four, <laughs> the Kinky Fruits Festival. The no, largest, that's real, that's real. The largest <laughs> edible orgy diorama where all participating figurines and set pieces are carved from fruits or vegetables. I'm going to go with the radishes, Don. I, radishes. The radishes was the one that kind of felt realist. I'm, I'm going with radishes. <laughs> I'm tempted by the, the nun one. But I'm going to say radishes. All right. The correct answer is Not the night of the radishes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It is. Uh, there are some very impressive pictures online of this festival. If any of you would like to go see it, uh, it is a yearly tradition. And they apparently try to outdo themselves every year. I bet they look nice. radishing. <laughs> <laughs> and on if that I go, <laughs> I would dress up and I would be the most radishing person there. Absolutely. Oh, boy. I have to do this after a really long time. Yep. And go. Find us on all the online places. We're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Apple Podcast, all the places where you can rate us. Five stars, five stars, five stars everywhere. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Yay! Yay. Well done. Well, it we made like, it. It looks like you're you're listening and you need a little more whipped cream on your. <laughs> But uh, you hear a knock at the door, and uh, it's, is it Santa? No, it's too soon to be Santa. What, who could it be? Oh my God, it's it's Michael, and he's dressed as the Bafana, so <laughs> you better get out. your sausage. <laughs>